Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this episode of my Chakra Chats. In this episode, we talk about all things heart chakra. The heart chakra is the center of love and radiating out from it are so many important aspects of our lives. Here we find not only love, but relationships, gratitude, empathy, acceptance, hope, peace, and also balance, forgiveness, self-love and healing. It is the bridge chakra that connects the earthly chakras with the higher ethereal chakras. And so the connections between this chakra and all the others is not only important, but imperative. And today I'm talking with my friend and long-term student, Gay Longworth. Gay is an author who had her first book published in 1998. And since then, she's written four crime novels, two contemporary fiction novels, and a load of ghost-written books. Um, She has a new book being published next year that she co-wrote with her daughter, which I think is going to be a really important book. And I have no doubt that you will see her and Roxy's book in the media next year. Gay has an impressive total of 12 books published and she has three remarkable daughters and lives in the Norfolk countryside. I love that the student has become the teacher here. I learned so much from having this conversation. I think that as a writer, Gay has that talent of observing the human condition in a really honest way. And so it just made sense to me that we would discuss this most important and sensitive of chakras, the Anahata or heart chakra. I hope that you enjoy our chat as much as I did. I know the reason why I wanted to talk to you about heart chakra is because I feel like, I feel like you have a big heart. (laughs) You have a lovely heart. You're very empathetic. And there's so many gorgeous things about the heart chakra, you know, empathy and love, peace, hope, 
gratitude, all of the really beautiful qualities, but self-love is the one that is always, and self-care is the one that's always challenging for people, like whenever I do chakra readings, that's always the one that's, you know, on the down, as opposed to the outward ones, empathy, gratitude, and Mm. so on. Those ones are fairly easy. Um, But I know that you kind of really, you really get that somehow. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you. That's why it came to me that I was like, right, I need to talk to Gay about this stuff. And I don't know where our conversation is going to go, but I just wanted to, yeah, I think maybe uh, ask a simple, straightforward question and say, how has understanding your heart chakra changed how you view that heart chakra kind of stuff, that bucket, mm. that bucket of stuff. Mm. Has it altered your perception of how you deal with your self-care, your self-love, all that mm. sort of stuff? Um, well, I, I actually think that the studying the chakras in totality is probably the most helpful um, because it puts the heart into the into context as opposed to it being separate. Mm -hmm. And what I particularly loved about this was about learning it. I mean, we obviously from the ground up, from the root up, but the base up was that it feeds into this, into the heart. And if, if you can get that right, then the heart can then feed into how you speak and how you connect and out into the universe. So, it, it almost made it less separate. The studying of the chakras made the heart less set, separate and much more central. Mm, I love that, yeah. So that I, the flow between the seven, for me, was was probably the, the sort of uh, the awakening moment because I, I, I think I'd probably dealt with everything slightly separately up to that point, sort of the, you know, the... The head is doing one thing, the heart is doing something else, the feet are doing something else. <laughs> you know, whereas actually going through the, the, the chakra way course was like, none of these things work if they don't work with each other. You're so right. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm doing this series of, of chakra chats. I've been talking to people about specific things that, you know, it was easy to talk to Teresa about throat chakra because she's singing teacher and that's very specific when it comes to the heart you're absolutely right that it is so connected and that's the nature of the heart it's the nature of 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 the aspects that live in the heart that they do connect everything else up and but the but there's a there's a the the most crucial aspect to me within the heart chakra is this aspect of self-love and this self-respect and i I, I I guess learning the whole thing, so going from the root up and understanding each energy center as an individual and then bringing them all to, you know, once you've built up that building, you get a deeper understanding of yourself. And so therefore it is easier to access. Be, exactly. Mm. It's much easier to access your self-love when you've got that mm. understanding. Mm. But how's that, how's that, tell me how, has that affected your life and where you approach things? Um, well, I mean, on, I mean, on a, you know, on, on a physical level, self, well, okay, let me go back. Self-love to, has, has got sort of um, tied into this me time thing that 
that I think most um, outward-looking humans, you know, who are caring for other people, maybe particularly women, I mean, almost found that a little... Well, I personally found that a little bit like me time, me, me, me time. It's like, well, what does that actually mean? But if you put it into the context of the chakras, it's not me time to self-care. It is, it is fundamental to you, to, 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 the, to the human that I am, working effectively in the time and place that I happen to exist. Mm. Uh, it was all very fleeting. But so sciatica, hip problems. Right? I can deal with that on a medical, do the physio, but that didn't really help, and I've been doing it for years and years. Mm. Put in the heart chakra work and... I mean, you could say sending love to your hips, or you could say in the way that I send love to my poor knee and hip is that I bother to do the stretches. Mm-hmm. I do, I don't even bother to, that's the wrong language. <laughs> I, I do the stretches because that allows me to function. That allows me to, to live, hopefully, pain-free. So... That's not me time. That's essential work on a humane level. Yeah. So the heart chakra is really about being humane to oneself. And then it trickles out. You can be humane to everybody else. But it's really hard if you're tired, malnourished, grumpy, overworked, stressed to be much used to anyone else around you. So I think by calling it me time, we sort of did ourselves a disservice because it felt selfish. Mm-hmm. But there is, it, it, it's not selfish to take care of yourself because it's just so fundamentally essential in order to be able to actively take part in the world, however that looks like, whatever that looks like. So, um, you know, I, I, I've, my daughter and I wrote a book. Uh, it comes out next year, and it's about her being very unwell. And one of the key, it's my version to her and her version to me, but the, the, the key, I remember standing on the beach realising that if I was down in the pit with her, I was no help to her. And this amazing friend of mine said, you know, it's like, it's like, she's on the end of the rope at the bottom of a well and you are on the ground at the top of the well and you are holding on to that rope for dear life. If you fall into the well with her, she's she's toast. Mm. So you have to do whatever you have to do to stay strong enough to keep holding on to that rope. And if that means letting the rope out a bit because she's thrashing around so dangerously... That she's dangerously able to pull you in. That she can pull you in and yeah. you know, or just maim you so much you're going to let then you can let her out a bit you can mm. let it out a bit but what you can't do is let go and then when you're feeling stronger you can pull her in and gradually over time as she gets stronger and you get stronger she will get herself out and, and you will help her out but that that image of me outside the well being strong enough to hold onto the rope was what I needed to understand what self-care looks like as opposed to me time which felt Oh, go and give yourself a massage. It's like, and I, and I, it's, 
You don't get your nails done. It's like that. It's not yeah. going to help me. No. That is not yeah. going to help me. But caring for myself so I'm strong enough to care for my daughter, that helped me. Yeah. And then feeding that into, to make the decisions you had to make. You've got to, you've got to sit quietly and allow that space in your heart to open so that you don't respond on, on a, you know, with the fight and flights and, you know, um, what is the endo, endocrine? Um, yeah, this, this is the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, yeah, right? The sympathetic so, nervous system, which is the, yeah, the, uh, so to sit in that stillness, response. you know, and, and actually that's, that's the other thing that, you know, that the, I mean, I remember the first time I came into one of your yoga classes and I sat on the mat and wept through the entire first lesson. I mean, I don't know if you even remember oh, that. God, I don't think I do remember, no, actually. Well, we just had this awful death But you wouldn't the be the first and you won't be the last. No. That's the extraordinary thing about it, actually. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm definitely a long way from, from that there. That was about six, seven years ago. But mm. again, that um, the, allowing yourself the space to feel... Like, you know, doing the, sh- ch- sh- the chakra work for me, rem- just it, it is such a sort of, it, as life gets very busy and suddenly you're trying to make snap decisions again, t- to sort of shortcut yourself back into that moment where you can just take a breath, balance back out again. So you don't make a decision running away with your feet. Don't make a decision all in your head. You know, it comes back to the heart, the sort of centre of it all. And and make a decision that if you if it turns out to be the wrong one, and it so easily could be, you can look back and think, I, I made it to the best of my ability with all the information I had at the time. And I... So, so again, you know, doing the, the chakra work for me allows me that kind of moment of getting back to a moment of stillness and then putting them all together. Putting, I mean, I often put my hand on my heart and think, okay, make a decision, move forward. Mm. But when I re- revisit those decisions, as I said, even if they're wrong, I can't regret. I, there, it's, it, I don't get. I don't worry about regret because I, I made the decision to the best of my ability with the best of intentions. And that's all we can do. And that's all we can that's do. All we can do. You know, when it comes from that place of your heart, it comes from a place of truth. When you ask your heart, and that's why, um, you know, the, the, what you said at the beginning about that connection between all of these energy centers, because the heart has to trust the intuition of the third eye. Mm. It has to to feel the security and the safety of the root chakra. Mm. It has to, you know, be um, strong enough from the solar plexus to kind of go, yeah, I'm, I'm valid enough, you know, I'm empowered to make this decision. And then to be able to actually express it because you can feel the thing in your heart and go, I can't say that. I don't want to say that, or it's too scary to say that or whatever. So then you need, you know, we need to act the throat chakra to actually spit it out there to make that decision to manifest it. So it's it's lovely because it does bring it back, but you're right. The heart chakra that sits right in the center 
it's they they call it the bridge chakra, sort of mm. in between the earthly, um, you know, root sacral solar plexus, which are all kind of like grounded and earthy, and the higher ones, which are more sort of ethereal and um, sort of spiritual, if you like. So it the heart bridges those two, and so making your decisions from your heart, from that center, if you're able to. Trust yourself, trust that intuition and be grounded. Then, and, and, then and listen to all of us at the same time. <laughs> oh my God, exactly. Which is why it's such, which is why it's such important work, but why it's also quite, you know, no one says it's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy work. Um, I would say and, it was daily. Yeah, constant. Mm. Absolutely constant. Because then life throws you a challenge and immediately respond. With me, I go to anger really quickly, which of course is just fear dressed up as anger. But that's all anger is. Isn't all, it? Yeah, and and I can very easily go into my uh, my head and churn out a million scenarios where I've said a million brilliant things, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you know had a perfect delivery of an acerbic, you know, uh, yeah, discussion. Um. But that's not actually going to help. It's going to give me a sense of satisfaction. But again, so learn it to, again, you have to come back out of the, my head, which is definitely my dom- you know, dominant. I, I can live in my head quite happily. Mm. Well, as a writer, you know, you've got that. It's all in the imagination, you know, so it's not surprising. So again, to le- learning to pull it back down almost. Mm. So come back out of that space and... Be, you know, learn to, learning to be honest with one's own self. You know, maybe that's what self-care actually is too. Um, you know, not because we're so able to lie to ourselves. I mean, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, no, we can tell ourselves all sorts of things. And also we can be very swayed by what other people say or think about us and be led by, oh, well, if I do this, what are they going to think? Mm. And not actually, you know, and put the the onus on on the exterior rather than on what you actually want and what you actually think. Um, there, there is definitely a challenge. I mean, I, I, the, the challenge of you know of doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing most of the time, not be led by ego, not not allow yourself to go off into a rant. Um, always be empathetic, seeing other people's perspectives. You know, I I have this conversation constantly with our daughters. And then sometimes you think, am I the only person who's trying to do the, <laughs> to do the right thing? Whereas, you know, you're being, you know, let down by other people or you're, you know, just think, God, I would never behave like that. And then you get back into that chuntering. Mm, mm dangerous chuntering <laughs> yes. where you think um you know where i don't know maybe you maybe it's very easy to put yourself into a superior superior place morally superior place and then again you've got to come back to the forgiveness yeah, yeah. and it's and um yes the forgiveness but yes you're quite right it's that sort of taking what feels like the moral high ground but then that you're basically then just kind of 
fluffing up your ego to go, mm-hmm. oh, well, but I'm so much better mm-hmm. than everybody else because I've thought about it from my heart chakra. <laughs> but it's like, no, bollocks, that's not going to actually do you any favors. It yeah. has to be truthful. It has to be like really gritty, honestly. Oh, and if someone's mean to my, you know, my kids, the heart chakra goes straight out the window and I just want to oh, frankly yeah. go yeah. and say something quite mean. Yes. Myself. Yes. And that's understandable, you know, I mean, as, as mothers, like, you know, and everybody knows, you know, mother's guilt is one of those, you know, for a start, just living our lives, trying to look after our children and be ourselves and have our life for ourselves. That takes, I think, I don't know, we, we, our children are pretty much the same age, sort of early 20s, yours are late teens, mine are a little bit older, but there's a period where you disappear as a person, you disappear you you lose yourself your identity becomes mum mum wife taxi driver cook blah 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 you know and even if you've got a full-time job you're still all of those things and it's even worse if you do have a full-time job because you feel guilty when you're at your job and you feel guilty if you're um at home looking after your kids Mm. because you know there's that whole guilt thing which weighs quite heavily on us and I think then when you come to the other side when your kids are kind of sorted and a bit more independent and then you forget who you are and then what you were saying beginning about that going back to self-care but not being like I'm just going to go and get myself a massage and yes that can help but also that honesty of like what do I actually want Mm. what do I actually feel what do I actually think about this thing Mm. Um, cause I think, you know, we're so bombarded, but like, this is the right way to think about things. And mm. this is, you know, I don't know. We're so divided at the moment as a, as a world, you know, people, you know, it's just, just having a, a simple vaccine can make you have an argument with people. I mean, let's not even go there, but you know, it's, uh, it's, we're contentious at the moment. Do you think that everyone is so um, is so jittery anyway that actually what they're quite relieved when a fight comes along because it justifies their feeling of jitteriness? I think it might. I you think know, that's so, a really so actually it, it's you know they're not cross about kids getting vaccinate vaccine. They're just like, they're just so grateful that they have a good reason to wave a placard about and and get and get justifiably angry with everybody else around them is actually because they're feeling a bit frightened and afraid themselves and now finally they've got something that they can just you know they can a pot to put it into mm. and call it social justice yeah or put it call it you know, call it, you know whatever, yeah protest. yeah no i think i think you're i think you're right you know i mean the last 18 months you know god we can it's more than that now isn't it but you know the the, the whole pandemic situation was so manifestly stressful for everybody and you know i mean it's the how the how the how that we about dealing with the fallout from it has not even begun yet because we're still in it but our senses of our sense of self and our freedom to do what we want to do was obviously fully curtailed 
but our freedom to express and you know we had to conform we had to stay at home we had to wear our masks we had to get vaccines we had to we've been told a lot of things we've been kind of almost put in a sort of childlike position again mm. it's like no you know this is your curfew and this is your bedtime and you will eat those fish fingers do you know what <laughs> i mean like, it's like we've been made to behave almost to behave like children and be um told how to exist and and I think that does damage the, I think it damages the ego, the solar plexus more. I think it damages our sense of empowerment because we've had our sense of our autonomy stripped to a large degree. Our autonomy has been take, was taken away from us. And so the, the fire in our belly, if you like, has gone out. I, I think that is definitely true. I think there is a general malaise yeah. that's been left over. Yeah. But I also think that in the beginning, everybody was almost a little bit relieved to be taught, allowed to stop. Yes. You know, and there was this kind of weird lift. I mean, unless you were at the sharp end of COVID, mm. which let's say, I mean, 98% of people weren't. No, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Um, there was this, so for, for every, you know, obviously if you were at the sharp end of it, it was horrendous. But most of our, most, I think most people were like, were so relieved to be able to just stop for a moment and take stock. Now, now is the difficult bit because we did that. We've looked around. There's, you know, the whole climate change COP26 thing is, is fascinating to, to arrive at this point because now we're all quite frightened because it was a relief to stop, but what do we actually want our lives to look like? And that is quite a daunting question, because what it can do is make you very, make a mockery of all the decisions that have come up to this moment in time in one's own life. Mm. And that goes back to the heart chakra, right? this key thing about if you've made the decisions from a healthy place, mm -hmm. then you don't get resentful and you're not full of regret and you don't get angry and you don't take it out on other people and we don't get into the blame game, mm. which is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere you see one section of society blaming another section of society for how they feel. Which when you think about that, it's ludicrous. It is ludicrous, yeah. So that that's why going back to this really, you know, every day, every decision, especially the big decisions, but even, you know, the little ones, because all the little ones add up. You know, it, we, we the, the, the COVID, the pandemic made everybody stop. Everybody re-examined their lives. There was a little bit of relief about that. But now there's a little bit of fear because... If I was on a if I was on a hamster wheel and a hide into nothing and all this stuff that I've done I didn't even want I didn't know why I was doing it you know lots of people are separating lots of marriages have you know there's yeah. been there's quite there's chaos it's big shifts there's big shifts yeah so are we going to go on making unhealthy decisions because we from from a because it's made from a bad place. Or are we going to be brave enough to sit with how we feel for long enough to let that 
dissolve and then make a choice from a healthier place. And that's why it comes back down to the heart chakra. Because, of course, you need your intuition, but intuition, you know, ego and intuition can quite easily mirror, you know, they can get a bit muddled. They can occasionally, it's true. If you're, if you, if you're, yeah, the ego, the ego is the one that has to be settled down. I mean, obviously you need a little bit of ego in order to be yourself, but I know, and ego is quite often used as a bit of a, as a sort of, you know, as a, as a diss, you know, it's used as a derogatory term to have an ego, but in fact you do need a little bit of an ego. It's just your sense of self. Yeah. It's It's just who you are. Absolutely. And it's just your, you know, it's attached to your life purpose to who you are. Okay, maybe maybe differently than the sort of chattering monkey. Yeah. The super ego. The super ego that, yeah, yeah. You know, the one saying, either saying, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, which yeah. is basically what they all say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whittle sounds about that for yeah. pretty much every human being. Um, you know, or you, have to, or you have the other one, which is, you know, fuck it, do it anyway. You know, the sort of slightly less charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost self-destructive, the self-destructive one. Um, and that, you know... <laughs> The kids fire questions at me all the time, and then they get so cross. I'm like, "Why are you saying anything?" And I just, <laughs> like, I sort of breathe in, breathe out, try and respond effectively, rather than instantaneously, which may not necessarily be the right reaction, right? Oh, yes. But then, then the other side of that is once you've said. No, you're not going out, let's say, easy example. We get very stuck with the position that we've made. It's very hard to say, you know what, I said you weren't allowed out, but actually I thought about it and I'm, I, you know, I'm just a bit tired and grumpy. And I said that because I can't be bothered to come pick you up later. And, or, you know? Yeah. But you don't say that. You say, I said you weren't going out. So and we all get entrenched. And that's the other thing that's happened post-COVID. We're all so entrenched because we're not brave enough to say, maybe I made a mistake about that. And we've forgotten how to even, we don't even know how to listen. But I think, I don't think that's necessarily as, just as a result of COVID. I mean, I think probably, yes, exacerbated by Sorry, it. But I think right. that's, yeah, Brexit, Brexit. that's something that we're all very um, bad at is, is admitting that we're wrong, admitting when we've, um, you know, giving ourselves permission to change our stance or, or change our minds on something to be able to be flexible with our points of view. And that brings us to that other nitty gritty aspect of the heart chakra, which is forgiveness. Mm. And when you think of forgiveness, when you say forgiveness, it's like, oh, somebody's messed me around and I'll forgive them, which is, <laughs> which is always a, oh, it's, I'll forgive you, you know, it's <laughs> so like, mm. but actually it's forgiving yourself. That is the most important thing Like you know, I could, think up a, a list of god you know how many fingers and toes have i got of things Crazy, I hope. yeah exactly but <laughs> but that that many and probably more of things that i can you know you just sort of make you oh, grasp your face and go oh god i can't believe i did that or i can't believe i said that or you know that cringe thing that you find to beat yourself up with but having the the strength of heart to go it's okay. Mm. You're human. You're not perfect. Everyone 
it's not nobody's perfect no. everyone has is there's fallible. no such thing there was no such thing exactly and anybody who pretends that there is 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 talking rubbish um but forgiving the self oh my god that's hard work mm. i find that really hard to not beat myself up for things you know and then fi- and fixate on it and fixate on it yeah absolutely that's a tough one but um, I think that's, I think weirdly the, the easiest counter to not being able to forgive yourself is to, is to remind yourself how infinitesimally small and irrelevant you are on a molecular <laughs> level. Yes. Uh, I find you're so the true. stars yes. is very helpful. Yes. Or the sea or swimming in the sea or anything like that. But yeah. I think everybody needs to find the thing that shortcuts back to reminding you why logically not forgiving yourself is a silly thing to do. Right. So it's about a shortcut back to that place. So, you know, whether that is just putting your hand on your heart, Mm -hmm. you know, that little tell, that little reminder that actually I'm going to get stuck in this place. And once again, if I'm stuck in this place, I'm not, I'm not living effectively because I'm just consumed with why did I do this? Or I can't believe I was so stupid and, the way we talk to ourselves is, oh. and we everybody knows this, but the way we, you know, if you said it out loud, you, yeah, you, you, you'd be horrified. But you know, we, you know, so we know all this, but then reminding or, or getting back to that, you know, some people see colors, I can't, as you know, I'm hopeless with the colors, but that's why I physically prefer to put my hand on my heart yes. to get myself there. Yeah, when you're visualizing the chakras, mm. you mean. But yeah. So the count, so, to, so forgiving is hard, but not forgiving is ridiculous. Yeah. So you find that if you can't do one thing, flip it over and look at the other side of it. And, and to find, to find the, to find the humility to forgive yourself because it's it is slightly you do have to sort of humble yourself and go back to the, the nothing rather than being caught up in the whirlwind and the story and the, <gasps> and the drama <laughs> hooray yeah. let's get angry again um is you know you you just get to a quick quick little leapfrog to gratitude you know and you and and restore calm in your body and mind by being grateful for one thing just yeah. one thing, one does, true thing that is it really, does. yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose it's about learn. It's 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 like relearning how to get back to a, that place when you need to, and you usually need to do it quite quickly because otherwise we react, do something stupid, and then we start to snowball. Yeah. Well, is that that's that is that other thing of the well-worn neurological pathways yeah, exactly. that you walk down? Yeah. It's you know, like if you have that thought every time that thing comes up that you're beating yourself up about, you just trot happily down that same neurological pathway, and it's a matter of stopping that. And you're absolutely right; is like flipping it on its head, working with gratitude, working. And I love that perspective of just looking how stupid it is not to forgive yourself, mm. and also using the crown chakra, that connection, like looking at the stars, looking at, you know, we're sitting here and just got this amazing view out of Gay's window, which is so beautiful. Looking at the right. countryside and the trees and the clouds mm-hmm. cutting past and 
you know, yes, we are, but, but motes of dust or whatever that totally. might be, you know, and, and really who cares? Really who cares? <laughs> really who cares? So th- that's the thing. And then, and then if you can just have a little bit of a chuckle about how serious you're taking yourself. Yes. You know, that is such that a really relief. Helps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is. So listen, I wanted, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this is a completely sort of self-interested thing is, um, well, you know, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about. First one I'll ask you first is, um, because I know you have a really great perspective on this and you are, um, you keep telling me that I need to build the chakra way course, um, and aim it towards young people mm. because this learning of the, you know, this understanding of the chakras is so useful for young people. Um, it would be fantastic if I can work out a way, and we probably need to talk about this again, but work out. Well, do you know, my, okay, so my, I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, um, because, uh, you know, our eldest has gone into science, um, we were talking the other day about how ridiculous it was that the subjects are divided. You know, why is history separate from geography? Because, you know, most countries, how they develop is so determined by the geography of that nation. Yeah. Africa has no rivers that cross it that anyone can pass because there are these huge waterfalls. So... You know, they can't do trade, they couldn't trade in the way that we could, you know, it's it there. So why is chemistry separate from biology, separate from physics, separate from maths, when in fact all sciences, you could argue, are physics, yeah. you know, that, but this sep- creating silos, I think human beings are really good at that. They mm-hmm. separate everything out. They separate. Yeah. And I, if, if the kids um, could sort of, if there's if the if the borders between how they think, mind, body, soul, whatever soul may be, whatever it means to you, whatever you want to call it, ego, energy, if we if they could if we could stop separating out the subjects and start teaching more whole three hundred and sixty whole, you know, what where they learn that everything is interrelated, right? Yeah. So we stop the separation and start teaching them about how interrelated everything is. And I, I know because of the exams and because of COVID again, everything's been t- tossed out the window. And it, I think it would be a bit of a shame that everything got put back the way it was because I'm, I actually think we are teaching our kids to disconnect, not to connect. And I think one of the problems with how we're all reacting now is going into our silos as part of that disconnect. It's a, it's yeah. a symptom of disconnectedness. Um, and, and actually teaching kids about the connectedness between mind, body, soul, yeah. history, present day, future. Yeah. You know, science is in all of it. Yeah. Not a subject that's out there that no one can manage. It's like all yeah. life is science. So yes. why is it over there yeah. in this scary place behind plate glass that only people super in white and the really bright people. You know, if you cook, yeah. you're a scientist. Yeah. You know? So I I going back to kids and the chakra way, I, I actually think it would be so 
brilliant you know i don't know could you turn into your turn yourself into a little lobbyist of some kind could you take on one school find one school and start teaching kids about the interconnectedness of you, me of and you and uh, yeah inter subject yeah. you know you know it's because once something is other you can mistreat it if it is your, if it is you, if, if if you are part of the world, which you know we are, we're just animals on this planet. Yeah. If this animal called human ruins our planet, you know it's not happening to somebody else over there. You know it's the whole planet. So this this otherness that we've created an other, we can mistreat. Well, the, the planet, you know, is is not another. Mm. It is, you know. So that. I think somehow if you could kind of create a module, no, no, see, module, that's separate too, isn't it? Some kind of, you know, the, the whole point about the chakra way is that you, t- you took, you went from base to crown and realised that you can't have one, if one is out of balance, then you've got to have it all in balance, right? If yeah. that isn't a message for the 21st century, I don't know what is. No, I agree. And if it I starts with you... And I start with me. Yeah. And then we realise that we are entirely dependent on the ground on which our feet are placed and the air that we breathe and the, you know, the universal energy that runs through all of us. Then maybe we'd start to self-police better. I'm going to ask you now for like some shameless self-promotion mm. for myself, mm. not for you. Mm. <laughs> Although I do want you to promote your book and tell me what it's called and everything. Um, but... You did the Chakraway course at the beginning of the year, and I know that you got a lot out of it, but I just want you to kind of just, um, yeah, just just summarise kind of what you got out of it personally, because I think it's very different for everybody. Everybody gets something different out of it. Um, I would say the, the, the most meaningful uh, and immediate um, impact of doing it was learning to get out of my head and all my body and merging all of it together and and looking at looking at it all as a whole mm. so um so i mean all, i i love the fact that we started you know went up the seven you know you moved on up but as as you move on up you learn more and more and more and then you get to the crown maybe that makes perfect sense because by the time you get to the crown you can put all these lovely thoughts out of the universe because you've You've lined your Tetris pieces up, your plate tectonics are now, now lined up. And, and when they're all lined up, there's a flow yeah. between the ground and the, and the, and the, and space. And that I think is what I, I learned to be less static and less, um, and, and less segregated in all my thinking. You know, because I, I like to think of myself as intellectual. Mm. I like that, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Moron. Um, but that's nothing. That doesn't, that doesn't help in any way if I'm ignoring everything from the neck down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, or, you know, or the eyeballs down, you know, the sort of speak your truth. You know, well, speak, you know even, even learning to express myself verbally, haven't been very good at that. I'm much better sitting in an empty space with a 
blank piece of paper. Obviously, I've been writing for 20 years, but that, you know, that, that wasn't really helping me because I have to actually be able to speak what I need. I, and needing something, oh my God. I can't need anything. That would be like relying on anyone. I can't do that. That would be terrible. <laughs> so for, for me, realising that just sort of intellectualising everything in my little office on my own, brilliant. Not very effective, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, learning from the feet up, you know, from the ground up, that kind of, I loved, I, I really love putting my feet on the ground and feeling solid, feeling the solidity of that, and being able to put my attention into my feet. Sounds so, it's so simple, yeah. and it's so effective. Yeah. But you can honestly spend your whole life running, yes, and miss it all, yeah. miss it all. And I and I actually think being afraid of. I mean, I I personally have definitely had better conversations with the three kids since doing the chapter away, I guess because I'm trying to distill what you've taught me and, and, and I'm trying to piecemeal it into the kids and eventually, hopefully, they'll sort of, mm. when they're ready, it'll be there and they can put it all together as a composite that suits them. Um, I mean, I, I, I think, you, you know, that whole thing about you can take a horse to water is so true. It's like, mm. you know, I can bang on about it to the kids and they're going to just not do it until they're ready. But if I give it a little piecemeal yes. bits, little they can start little. putting it together in their own way. But, you know, yeah. um, so for me, I mean, I, I just, I just realized that I was whole part of a whole, just part of this huge thing. And also, so, so to, to, to stop being, what's the word? Oh, I guess separate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a separate thing. My head isn't separate from my knees and my knees aren't separate from my gut. Right. So, yeah, you know, that, that putting it all together as a whole and then being part of this whole planetary system and, yeah. you know, is, is, it was, it was really powerful, but it was powerful because it was very small and it's, strange way it was a small thing it was a small thing that really is very big or it's a big thing that's actually very small it's both at the same time (laughs) (laughs) um and and it's just standing on one foot just to get your balance so that you can calm your breathing down it's so tiny but if you know that from that point you can make a much better move yes and make Key. you a nicer person to be living with because you live with yourself. Yeah. You know, you yeah. are your, you are, you know, the other thing that I'm about, I love about the heart chakra is that, you know, it's relationships, um, you know, all your loving relationships and relationships with other people, but your primary relationship is the one with yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you say you get married and you, you know, married for 25 years plus whatever. And you're like, gosh, how can you be with that person for that long? Of course, you love them, so you're with them. But we are with yourself for every minute, of, every hour, every waking day. You know, you are with yourself. Your primary relationship and your primary, you know, your marriage, primary marriage really has to be with yourself. And well, well, you know, one of the fun things about ghostwriting, which I also do, is 
is hearing people tell their story, right, <laughs> which is so entrenched. With their told it a million times <laughs> and they really believe it. And then you, they, but obviously to write, you know, the, your ghostwriting their memoir. So they have to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And there's this moment when they realise that they have been orchestrating it, their life, or the good and the bad, all along. And I had it just yesterday, you know, talking to the guy I'm working with at the moment, you know, huge blow up in his life, moves to America, guess what? And suddenly it was like, oh, because the problem went with me. It's like, yeah, because... Uh, because I'm the problem. Yeah, I was like that. And, this sort of, and then we both were howling oh, with laughter because he, you know, he suddenly saw it. It was so clear. It was so clear. And it's really interesting ghostwriting because you can, it's so easy to see in others what you cannot see in yourself. And I mean, I yeah. saw it within, you know, the first interview I had with the job was like, I, I could see it. Right. And I could see that he didn't see it. But I also, you know, I knew he wasn't far because he's ANA and done a lot of therapy. So it was, you know, he was nearly there. But it's amazing to look behind the curtain and see you are odds after all, you know, yeah. you're the person yeah. pulling the levers. But this is exactly, but it is, it is interesting that when you have, when you begin to get insight to yourself, you also like seeing through other people. I mean, you've, obviously been ghostwriting and writing for you know for a long while but it's sort of so it's kind of almost like your therapist you're almost like a therapist in that sort of like pulling it out of them but it does help you I don't know I find I'm when I meet people or when I see a situation I'm like oh my god they've completely lost their groundedness or they are mm. so you know, in their heads or their, you know, you can see where people's imbalances are. Mm. And then, you know, if they're good friends and you feel like you're able to say, well, I see this, you know, like you would with anybody, you know, like, you know, any friend that you've got, you know, has got an issue and you're trying to be brave enough to ask somebody else for them to do it for you. Can you see what I can, have you ever said that to anyone? I have. I said, I, I've said this to my sisters. I was like, I, don't know what's going on. Don't say it now. I'm feeling a bit sad and miserable. But in a couple of weeks, sit me down and tell me nicely what I'm doing wrong. Because I, you know, I was so lost for the wood for the trees. Do you know what? I, I often think about it and I would love to ask. I, yeah, I, I haven't ever asked anybody, can you tell me what it is that I'm doing? I've, I have it has to, to be a trusted source. I have, to do, I have done therapy. I have done therapy. I have worked through, you know, I've over the years and I've worked through, you know, a lot of self-developmental stuff and I have a, a you know fairly clear idea of where my issues are and what I'm doing wrong but yeah I think it's probably quite useful to have people go this is what you do this is what's the annoying thing yeah <laughs> but also I mean I, I, I have slightly probably a slightly controversial view of all of that and again that's you know what my daughter and I wrote about had written about in the book because she went into uh Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, and I was not allowed in it. But, I mean, it's because of client-patient uh, privilege, doctor-patient privilege. The door gets slammed in my face, and I hear nothing from that point onwards. I only hear what rocks would let the, you know, the counsellor, doctor, the psychiatrist mm. tell me, which puts you at a very disempowered place. And, of course, you are number one. You are suspicious. You know, you are culprit number one as, yeah. a, as the mother. Yeah. I mean... As I, you know, I think the opening line of the book is, you know, you're the cause and the cure. I mean, that, that's what you are as a as a parent. 
Um, mm. But I also think that if you want to, and this goes back to, you know, where people are, you know, angry at the moment and they have their placards because it gives them an excuse to be angry. If you give a troubled teenager a hammer and a nail and you say, this, this is, you know, these, this is the reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And you can just hammer that into the wall and, and just hang everything off that nail for the rest of your life. I'm not sure how helpful that is. Mm. I mean, it, Really, you know, in fact, I caught a snippet of it's a woman's hour, you know, daddy issues or something. You know, women have daddy issues, it's like they're blaming it on their missing father, or their father didn't know, or their father, tra- tra- you know, treated them like a princess, or their father ignored them, or their father was always busy. It's like, well, I mean, everybody has a nail, yes, everybody has a bag of nails. You yeah. want to hammer that into the wall and hang everything off it, be my guest, but I'm not sure your life is going to be very effective or fun. No, because also you're then divulging all responsibility for your self onto somebody else. Mm. And how on earth are you going to be empowered if you're, if everything that's ever gone wrong to you or with you is somebody else's fault? Because then you can't change that. But, you know, no, the, 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 the issue is always with yourself. You know, there's always something within yourself that you can do to resolve this. And taking responsibility for the self is one of the toughest things to do. Mm. And I think that's what, when you start studying the chakras and you work through, you start to understand where your responsibility lies for all these things. And yes, you can look back at your childhood and look at your programming and what you learned and what was instilled in you. And you learn to forgive those people, let go of it, whatever. But it's your choice, whatever. Tr- whatever. But, it's your, forgiveness. but it's your <laughs> choice whether you hang on to that stuff or not. So, I mean, I can give you a million things to carry and go, here, okay, carry all this stuff for me. And you can be a really good friend and carry it. Or you can go, sod off, Roseanne, I'm putting it down. It's too heavy. <laughs> like, you can literally just drop it all. Pfft, sorry, all broke, not my fault. You gave it to me, but whatever. You know, like, you have the, every individual has the right to not carry that stuff, to let go of it, to, Find the responsibility for yourself for how much you want to carry. Or to understand the neuroscience behind it. You know, you were describing the neuropathways. I've I've always said to the kids, it's like um, if you get a scratch in in your beautiful vinyl record, the needle will go to that scratch and then it will groove deeper and deeper and it'll get stuck in that one groove and it'll go round, round and round and round and you're just ever deepening the groove. So the needle keeps getting stuck in that groove. Or you have to think, oh, it's stuck in the groove. Pick up the needle and move it, right? You have to purposefully do that, but you have to understand the neuroscience in order to realize I'm stuck in the, I'm stuck in the groove, this bad groove. Yeah. And and to know it's it's pretty simple that the human beings developed because they could recall the bad stuff because that protected them. We weren't strong enough. We weren't stronger than the animals around us, and we couldn't outrun the animals around us. We outsmarted them by being very hypervigilant to danger. So it was important we remember the bad stuff and the good stuff we could sort of dismiss. So imagine bad news, Velcro, Mm. good news, Teflon. Teflon. Yes. Slides off. And, And so, you know, we live many days through our childhood, but we all remember the bad ones. Like they were yesterday. Yes. Yeah. But what about the million times where, 
you know, there everything was, was just fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, completely forgotten about. Yeah. I mean, I again, you know, one of the things, writing the mother, this mother-daughter kind of flipped version of a similar event, and and, and we, we wrote it blind, so my, I wrote my version without knowing hers and vice versa. I, I, I recall going on a walk with um, uh, a, an adult friend of mine and, you know, she was talking about her mother in almost exactly the same language I knew that my daughter was talking about me. And I said, you know, that, that's exactly what she says about me. You know, that's how awful she thinks she... I mean, she, I mean she, that's how mm. awful. I'm a cold-hearted, unfeeling... I mean, you know... All the words were like the same words. And I said, that's what my daughter thinks about me. She said, no, no, the thing is that my mother really was like that. <laughs> and you're amazing, you know, you're not like that. And I was like, no, but listen, just listen to what I'm saying. Believe me that yeah. my daughter truly believes I am that person. Yeah. No, 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 she said. The thing is, you're not, but my mother really was. And I've had that conversation so many times, so many broken relationships very sad, you know, between siblings, between parents, where the version is, you know, for whatever reason, they, they've got locked on this version. You know, Rox and I had to, wrote, wrote a book and came back together again. I mean, it was a horrible process. And we've, we vowed to be brutally honest, and it is a brutally honest account of a mother and daughter's relationship entirely imploding. Um, but you know we're we're great now, yeah, and we're now co-publishing amazing. a book together. But it's amazing. But you know that that you know getting stuck on that in that groove and that negative thought and fixated on one version, telling your one story over and over again until it becomes the absolute truth. Yeah. And I don't know if there is absolute truth, and I'm not talking about you know physical. You know, some people have gone through. I mean, off. I mean, proper crimes against them. Yes. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I think, no, I think that is very separate. But you know, I also know people who've gone through terrible, ter- terrible, terrible things, and you know, forgive and get free. Yeah. So the, yeah. you know, the forgiveness, the self, shame and blame. I tell you, it's they're killers. Yeah. So without self-forgiveness, yeah. cures shame, mm-hmm. and forgiveness of others gets rid of the blame, mm-hmm. and then you're free to love. And love the self. Yeah. So. So, Gabe, what's, do you know the title of your book? When You Lose It. When You Lose when It. When You Lose It. Gay and Roxy Spiegel, out next year. Yay. Thank you, Gay. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this Chakra Chat. I would love to hear from you about what struck a chord for you, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. And if you're interested in the Chakra Way course that Gay took with me earlier in the year, then please go to my website, chakra-way.com. The group course will start again next year, but the one-to-one course is always available and is actually on offer at the moment. If you would like to talk to me about any aspect of the course or the podcast, then please do not hesitate to get in touch. All my contact details are in the show notes. And of course, watch this space for the course for teenagers. Have a wonderful day. Om Shanti.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 